Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Stevens. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of I Just Blank Now What? So grateful to have you all here with me on this beautiful Wednesday. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. I hope a friend shared a previous episode with you or this episode with you as an inspiration for thinking about your own life and some of those fill-in-the-blank stories that you may have. We're always just so grateful for all of our listeners who are reaching far and of the planet now. We've gone international, so there's lots of people listening from all sorts of amazing places. I'm just so grateful for all of you for listening. So let's get to the good stuff, right? So today's episode is with Mandy Alexis, and she is going to be sharing, I just realized I can't stop, now what story. And this is her talking about her addiction and realizing that she was actually an addict. She always kind of thought she was in control and could stop at any time, but it wasn't until she actually did want to stop that she realized that she couldn't, and she really was an addict. So she's gonna be walking us through this journey of her and her substance abuse, how it all started, and the process that she had to go through to get herself clean and the journey that she's on now and just you know reinventing her whole life as somebody who is a recovering drug addict. So without further ado, let's get to the now what and introduce you to the lovely Mandy Alexis. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, Oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank. Now what? Me too, friend. Me too. I've had quite a few actually. And in the moment, I never knew what I was going to do next. Of course, I had to figure it out. Sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own I just blank now what stories so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hello, Ms. Mandy Alexis. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about our conversation. When you and I connected a little while ago and you were telling me a little bit about your life, I was just jaw dropped about some of the things that you've experienced. I'm so grateful for you coming on the show today and being open and sharing your experience. And what I think is going to be a really powerful story of, I just realized I'm addicted. Now what? So before we do that, though, I love all my guests just to take a couple minutes and share with the audience from their own words about them. Like, what do you want them to know about you? Tell us a little bit about you. Oh boy. Okay. Where to start? So I guess right now in life, things are completely different than they were for me a few years back. I completely made life-changing decision. I had been a functioning cocaine addict for 16 years. So my life, even though I was still doing things in life and stuff, my mind worked differently back then. Obviously my progress would have been, you know, pushed back because I was always pulled back to the party, right? Lifestyle. So now I have a couple different businesses that I do, uh, and then I help with running events online for women entrepreneurs. Like I feel like a completely different person now. So it's it's just crazy what you can achieve in life and what you can do with your life when you hold yourself accountable for unhealthy habits and really just you know make the decision to be better in whatever form that will be. 
So. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's, let's rewind the clock and let's take us back to that other version of yourself and a little bit of the backstory of how you got into the party scene, drug scene. And then when you realized that, oh my goodness, I am addicted. Yeah. So it's, it's actually kind of crazy. Like I started smoking weed when I was 12. So I think I was going into grade seven, the summer going into grade seven. And then by like 14, 15, we started drinking my group of friends. We were doing mushrooms, acid, ecstasy. And my, that was just, had always been my life, like drugs, party, fun. And then, you know, fast forward, getting into the bar years, I had always told myself like, no, I'm not going to touch that stuff. Like, you know, this is, that's not the way I want my life to go. And I tried it one night and I, I like, I hate to admit it, but I loved it. Like it was just like, it was fun and wild. And I always had said to myself, oh, I can stop like whenever I want to. And I wasn't really worried, I guess, for the first portion of doing it because I had opened up a business. I was going to school. I did volunteering. Like it was, I didn't feel like my life was really not moving forward before I realized it. It was like kind of out of control, like mainly like with my mind and like my heart and my soul, right? Like just like anxiety, like crazy. And sometimes I like, wouldn't be able to, you know, know my own truth because I was, you know, so scrambled from the like lack of sleep, just basically messing with my brain for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. So finally I had been like, okay, enough is enough. And I was like, ready to stop, but I couldn't, it was like, I That's told when you realize like, Oh, yeah, like I, you, I'm you like, always wow, told like, yourself that you could, that you could quit at any time you weren't yeah, addicted. I was like, no, just... I have it under control, whatever. And then once I started realizing like how it was affecting my brain and just like my relationships and stuff too, like, even though my circle, we were all partiers. So we're all kind of in the same boat, but I didn't like it anymore. You know, like I was like, this isn't how I want to be. These aren't the relationships I want. These aren't how I want to be spending my nights. This is not how I want to feel every day. And then I tried to stop and I couldn't. So like it, I would go, you know, maybe a few months and then like fall back into it. And then I'd be like, whatever. And like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then I would stop again. And then, you know, I got into a really bad, like, I guess, messy relationship where I had stopped for a bit and then I met this guy and, you know, then he was a partier. So we started doing it together. And I thought to myself, oh, this is just, we're going to stop whenever we want. We're just going to stop. But it actually got worse being together with him. And then that was like a big breaking point for me because our relationship ended and he kind of just disappeared. So I had no real goodbye. I had no answers. Like I didn't understand. And then obviously my lifestyle choices made me more depressed and heartbroken. And yeah, I fell into a deep depression. All I wanted to do was sleep. Like I cried and slept. Like I went to work, but that was it, you know, very just get this done. I want to go back to bed type of thing. And then I guess I did that for a little bit. And then something in me was like, no, you know, that saying you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. So that's kind of the point I had reached, right? Like I was like, okay, I got to snap out of this. I got to figure out how to get my life together. I started looking, I guess, like just for different company, right? And I found this group on Facebook and it was all about inspiring people and things like that. So I joined the group and one of the things we had to do was 
create motivational or inspirational memes. So at first I would just take any photo and say something like happiness is key or whatever. Right. And I was just trying to get it going. And then I discovered I had a talent for taking nice photos and then I could come up with a saying that actually matched the photo. So that's when Mandy Alexis Motivation was created. And I started like posting all these photos that were mine, my photos. And it kind of kept me going because people were so inspired and needed, like you get those comments, like I really needed to see this today. So it was inspiring me to like keep going. And throughout that time, I did fall back a couple times while I was still, but it was getting, I was getting stronger and stronger. Right. So I needed to keep that going. It was so important to me to be able to like take photos and post that stuff, inspire others and inspire myself. And then I met another guy and it's interesting. Like I'd never been loved the way I was loved by him before. So he didn't party or anything like that. And he knew that I was trying to get out of it and stuff like that. And It was just the way he loved me was kind of like the last push I needed. You know, he never faulted me for falling back. He understood he was compassionate. And, you know, these are all things that are obvious, I guess. But I mean, when, you know, you're back in old Mandy, like because of how I was, I wasn't going to attract that kind of love, you know? So this was a whole different universe for you and concept of love and it was something that you were so unfamiliar with yeah and was it a little like oh I like this this is kind of like a new addiction for me of (laughs) wanting more of this kind of support attention love and caring yes yeah exactly and I knew that if I wanted to be the person, like the woman that I wanted to be for him and for myself, I had to say goodbye to that life for sure. And that was my, my last thing that made me be able to just say, see ya to that area of my life. And I mean, it was tough. I had to cut off friends. Like, yeah, I ended up actually going away to Costa Rica for a few months, getting out of the city completely, a whole new life whole new friends, whole new atmosphere. And that really pushed me to be able to also get to where I am today because I did, I I took that step and I separated myself from everything that was Mm -hmm. me. And yeah, like I had friends who used to say to me like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Like you, you went so long, like, don't get mad that you just fumbled here. And I would not take that as an answer. Like you know, I held myself accountable. I'd get mad at myself. I'm like, no, like I can't let this be okay anymore. Right. So I got away from all that. And, you know, the friends that I made in Costa Rica, like they didn't even know that Mandy, it was great. Yeah. Now it's two and a half years clean. And honestly, what I've accomplished in these two and a half years, just like personally and professionally and spiritually, like I have read so many books, listened to podcasts, I've done energy healing, trauma healing. I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Yeah, (laughs) You literally made transformation your new job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because I was that other version of myself for so long, but I don't really remember her. Like, obviously I do, but it seems so long ago and such a distant thing. And this version of me, I've only been for a little while. So it was a wild ride because my brain had to redevelop and I had to, you know, start 
producing serotonins and dopamines on my own now. And like, I had one friend who stuck by me and like, I'm sure I was not easy to be around at certain times because, you know, the world is so different. Like I started doing drugs at 12. So literally I had been messing with how I saw the world or what was going on within me from such a long age that, yeah, you literally yeah, had an it, altered yeah. state of reality from being a substance user and abuser to being sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, I'm, I'm just, I feel like super like excited and grateful that I was able to have things line up for me. And when I decided to finally do it, right. Cause I, like I said before, I didn't, th- I didn't think I was addicted and then I could just stop when I wanted to. And then when I couldn't, that was like, holy crap. Right. And then, you know, slowly things started coming into place that were like that one more push, that one more push. Right. So I'm glad I didn't give up on myself because, you know, it's, it's easy to just keep doing stuff you've been doing forever. Right. Like, yeah. Habits are, (laughs) habits are a powerful thing and, you know, using out of habit, I'm sure was pretty much 50% or more of your day. Like it just became like smoking cigarettes or drinking or whatever it was. It was just part of your routine. Yeah, it was. And I mean, like anything we did, we would, you know, do drugs there, like events, like bowling, house parties, you know, like everything led to eventually doing cocaine at night, even if we were just going out for dinner and then we have a few drinks and then the drinks trigger the, Ooh, right. And yeah. So it didn't matter what we were planning on doing like that night was going to somehow end up, end up with, yeah. yeah. Looking back at your life, would you describe yourself as somebody who has an addictive personality? I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't think so. Like, I think I just got addicted because of what it was, you know, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, my, my dad's an alcoholic, so I do have that in me to be able to, but like, I'm able to give up drinking. Like I have uh, drinks here and there and stuff, but that mm. to stop drinking was a lot easier for me than to give up the drugs. So, yeah. So what does Mandy's life look like at 12 years old when you start using substances? Like what was the trigger for you to start using a substance at such a young age? Basically, I had a couple of friends that were like trying it. They had older siblings that did it, right? So it was accessible to us and we laughed a lot. Like we would just get baked and laugh and eat. Like it was just, I don't know. So it was fun at 12, right? But then, yeah, we would start doing it like on our lunch breaks and stuff, like at school and go back to class stoned and everything. And then, yeah, just kind of snowballed from there, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, what does this do? Well, what does this do? So you definitely had like an, an adventurous personality as a kid and a bit of a thrill seeker, maybe like, ooh, let's see, right? Yeah, for sure. The adrenaline thing, because actually that when you mentioned that, so when I went to Costa Rica, when I was like, okay, I need to get away. Like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. I looked for dangerous excursions. Thank you. That's the word to do. And I, I loved it. I guess I was seeking some sort of high because I was trying to get over that one. Right. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, th- those were obviously better for me. <laughs> 
Well, it depends on who you ask, because that sounds terrifying to me as well. But Okay, so you didn't necessarily have an addictive personality as a young child, but you definitely had like a thrill-seeking, adventurous personality that really embraced the idea when presented from a friend. Yeah, I just really wanted to try it. Like I was curious what it was going to do, you know, and if it was going to be fun, if it you know, wasn't or yeah, just how I would feel, I guess, if I tried this. Yeah. And then it just took off from there. But like you said earlier that you never thought you were addicted, that you thought you were always in control and that you could stop at any time. And then when you tried to stop and you couldn't, and you realized that, oh my goodness, I am addicted. And you had that aha moment. What was that like for you? It was actually kind of scary because I don't like not being in control in general. So when I realized I couldn't stop, it scared me, but I didn't really know what to do at the time. Cause part of me was saying like, Oh, it's okay still to do sometimes. Right. Like as long as you don't do it too much. But then there's that other part of me that was being like, well, no, because you realize you can't stop. So that's not good. Right. And, but yeah, so it was scary. I would cry a lot. Once I realized that I couldn't stop and wanted to stop, Every time that I like fumbled, I would be devastated. I'd be crying and crying and crying. And it was tough because I wanted to just stop, but I couldn't. So your detox process was a really, really long, winding, bumpy road. Yes. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard. Like, Yeah. Lots of tears, lots of anger at myself, anger that I wasn't strong enough. And there was a portion of it where I'd say, well, I I can do this. I can go out and just have a few drinks and it'll be fine. And it, it never was. And I did that cycle for a little while. I kept telling myself like, you know, I can just have a little bit of drinks or I can just have one line. I'm not going to do it all night. I'm just going to have one line. And yeah, I... I did that for a little bit too, just trying to convince myself that I was more in control than I was. So when did you realize that was a big lie? When did I realize, oh, I don't know. I think I kind of always knew, you know, as I was doing it. But like I said, because it was such a habit and because it was like in my circle, it was was just so easy to slip back into it, right? So So for, I guess, anyone who's listening today who might be noticing some similar personalities that they have to what you were experiencing during your days of being an addict, what things would you encourage them to start really looking out for? Their circle, you know, you can't get away from it if you continue to be with the same circle that's still doing it, right? Especially at the beginning, like maybe if you're, you know, year two, past and like you want to go see these friends and you can handle it but it's still iffy for a lot of addicts right like because they see it it might be a trigger right so really like you have to be able to let go of anything that you used to be or anything that used to be that life so removing yourself is very very important but to also find new community because being alone and being a recovering addict is very, very difficult, right? Because being alone and trying to stop your brain still thinking about it, and then you're by yourself, and then you get depressed, and then you start doing it again. 
So yes, like you have to know to let go, but also know to find new community and just not, not to give up on yourself. Yeah. You said when you started the process of kicking your habit, you would fall off the wagon a lot and then get back on and fall off the one. What would you say was your biggest tool that you reached for when starting again? Because I'm sure there's so many people, if they've stumbled and they've, you know, quote unquote failed, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is too hard. And it's very easy for them just to slip back into old habits and that lifestyle and just say, this is who I am, right? There's, there's no changing me now. What was the thing that you would say really helps you keep going forward, even when you had to restart? Well, for me, it was the want for a better life and a better version of myself. I didn't like the way my mind worked. I didn't like how I was always super fuzzy. I didn't like how unhealthy the relationships were. And I hold on to, I know there's better for me and I know I can be better. And I just held on to that. I journaled a lot. I journaled a lot. Um, what do you write about? Everything, anything, everything that was going on. Like I would sometimes get really, really mad at myself, like in the journal, like I said before, like holding myself accountable. I was my own worst critic in those moments and stuff, but also being my most motivator. Right. So after I'd get out all the anger and write about like how stupid I am and how could I, and F this, F that, whatever, I'd get all the anger out. And then I would write about how I can do this. I want better. I need better. I deserve better. I can do this. Just keep going. Just keep going. And I would just write out these words over and over again. So yeah, those are a few things. Okay. I love journaling. I think it's such a therapeutic exercise that anyone can have and has access to that is really probably undervalued by most people, like the power of journaling. What, what other tools did you have in your toolbox that you would reach for often? listening to motivational speakers or interviews from people who were in really bad situations, right? Like it might've been addiction. It might've been abusive relationships. It might've been living in their cars, like something extreme like that. And then to where they've completely transformed their lives and living a whole new version of themselves. I would listen to those a lot because it's like, well, they did it. I can do it, right? It's possible. So I would listen to the motivational stuff constantly to like get me going. And Les Brown was a big one, Steve Harvey, (laughs) people like that when I first started, yeah. So talk to me a little bit more about this group and how this exercise of posting motivational memes really helps you. Like I have a copy of your book. It's amazing. And I love the photos and you are a very talented (laughs) photographer. So you know, talk to me a little bit more about that exercise and really like the function of how that really helped pull you forward. I would be taking these photos and then posting these things. And like I mentioned, like people would start commenting. I just needed to see this today. I would get private messages about how amazing what I'm doing is amazing. Keep it up. Like I really need this. I was in a low place. And so thinking for, for me, knowing that people were counting on me to be better inspired me to be better, right? People need this. People need to know there's bad days, but they can get to the good days. They know to like look for their light. They know to, you know, give their gifts to the world and just also taking the photos 
in its own was like therapeutic for me because I'm like out in nature and I would look at the world differently because I wasn't like necessarily like scanning, looking for something pretty, but I would, I would take my time on my walks or when we were doing our hikes and things like that. And then I would see something and I, it was interesting because I wouldn't necessarily know what the words would be away, but I could, it was like my soul knew like this. And then I would like, I would see it and like in a, a whole new light than I had ever looked at the world before and like snap the pictures. And then later I would look back at it and the words would come to me, but that definitely helped like push me forward, being able to see the world differently because I had slowed down. My brain was starting to work different. And then I felt that people were counting on me to put out these inspirational things for them. Yeah. Because they were using you as one of their tools to keep going and reaching forward. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think especially for you, the photography was such a huge piece, knowing what you said about really having been on some sort of substance of some kind since the age of 12 and being so fuzzy and your brain not really being clear, you know, pictures and clarity and just seeing the world in this new way must have been exhilarating for you. Yeah, it really was. It was very cool to, I don't know, also feel differently. You know, I'm numbing myself to a degree, right? With all that stuff. And so then saying goodbye to that life, all the senses work differently. And I also started trusting myself more. I've always been a pretty like strong person in a degree, but I definitely let some people walk on me because I was scared and nervous because I was unsure of what exactly was going on sometimes because my brain was so fuzzy. Right. And yeah. So even having that clarity of knowing, no, this is okay to feel this way or no, this doesn't make sense. And being confident in what I believe in or who I am or what I deserve and stuff like that. So yeah. Good for you. So there's a quote out there in the world and I'm going to botch it. I know that. And I don't even know who it's from, but it's something along the lines of, you know, needing to be able to completely walk away from who you were to be able to come who you were meant to be. Something along those lines. That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Let's go with it. What was that like for you to really own letting go of every aspect of who you used to be so that you could be who you were meant to be? Yeah. So lots of emotions because some of it was sad, right? Saying goodbye to certain friends, right? Because there was still like love and connection there to a degree. But I also saw that I was growing past what that was. So we would never like be able to be what we were because I wasn't who I was anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've made all of these new friends, this new community, created a new life. And I'm happier than I've ever been. I know that for sure. And yeah, like letting go of stuff it was a bittersweet, I guess you could say, right? Like, but to be honest, now I don't think about it anymore. Like when it first was happening, it mm-hmm. was very traumatic and turmoil and sad and like, the actual and I'm sure there was days that you missed that life you missed who you were you missed yeah well yeah it was fun it was all I knew right and and I had to stop going to things that I would do like I stopped going to concerts I stopped going out when people would be going out for dinner and drinks I was like nope I stopped I stopped doing things I had one friend where 
she would stay behind and we'd go for ice cream. <laughs> you know, at least I had someone like that's what you need is at least someone. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I missed it for sure for, for a little bit. And yeah, I don't even think about it anymore. It's like, I don't resonate with that life. So I'm very, very happy that I don't, because then this would still be very difficult. <laughs> right. Yeah, Like there's no more longing for that past life anymore. You're really, you know, on the other side. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also just very excited to see what else I'm becoming because when I think about it in numbers, it's wild to me that we take the 16 years of a like cocaine addict, but then you go back more years to when, right. So to when I was 12 and started dabbling with substance and stuff. Right. So I feel like I'm just like reborn, right. Because it's two and a half years to 20 something years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, it's, I'm pretty excited to see what else I can become and achieve and who else I'm going to meet along the way. It's, you know, more positive for me and we can have real connections besides just what we got because we were high together. Wow. It is very impressive and inspiring to know that in just two and a half years, your whole life is completely different. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in the two and a half years, I'm sure there were moments where it felt like a lifetime, like it was dragging out. But you know, now that it's in the rearview mirror and you're looking back and be like, oh my gosh, that happened so fast. What would you say was the moments that you knew that you were really in the clear? I think it might've been like close to the year mark. So I was actually in Costa Rica again, when I hit my year mark and I got a tattoo out there to criminate it for the special day. But yeah, it was probably around the year I knew that it just started to change. Right. Like, cause yeah, like the first few months, there was times where I felt like my brain was like on fire and I felt so confused and I didn't really understand what was happening to me. And luckily I had someone I could talk to who was a recovering addict of about seven years. So I could talk to her and she would, would explain to me about what was going on and that it's normal. And, you know, my brain's rebuilding and it's getting oxygens and, and serotonins and dopamine, like things that it hadn't been receiving. And mm-hmm. it is going to feel weird keep going. Right. Like my brain was trying to get me to go back on the drugs. Right. Because that would take away the feeling, you know, powered through that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That, that one year anniversary was like such a huge pivotal time for you. Awesome. And then a year and a half forward, which is kind of crazy to think that a lot of your recovery actually has been during the time of COVID. (laughs) Yes. And remember how I said it was cool to me, how things lined up. Right. Yeah. I had quit the summer, like my last time was like the summer before COVID hit. It was in the end of June. So I had had a few months already in and then COVID hit. But yeah, like I do believe the universe has my back even before, like my whole life I have felt that way. Mm-hmm. But the way they lined it up, because I couldn't imagine if I had still been in that life and you were sitting at home with nothing to do and the government's dishing out this money to us. You know what I mean? That would have been horrible for an addict, right? So I'm just very grateful that my timing lined up that I was able to. And then I actually spent a lot of that downtime working on myself, right? So it was perfect timing. Yeah. A lot of distractions were eliminated for you, right? right? Because we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. Bars were closed. Parties weren't happening. Gatherings weren't happening. 
So in a way it was, you know, the universe's way of actually helping you do the thing that you said you wanted to do, but really taking it out of your reach. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. So Mandy, oh my gosh, like this is such an amazing story. And I know so many listeners are probably very inspired by what you're sharing and if they themselves or, or they know somebody who's realizing that they are also an addict, this episode will, you know, be a great resource for them. So I always like to ask us, now what? What's the future hold for you? What are you excited about? You know, what's next? There's so many things. So right now I'm working on getting my prints and books in different local stores here in Winnipeg. And then I started planning a wellness retreat in Costa Rica before everything kind of went poof. So (laughs) that's still going to happen later. We're just kind of put on hold. And I'm really excited about that because I want to do like a holistic wellness approach and showing a bunch of the different tools that I use along my journey to help me get out of that lifestyle and what I continue to do to help me improve my lifestyle, like yoga, meditation, energy healing, sound healing, like dietary things and stuff like that. So I'm very excited about that. And then I'm also building a company, uh, Mandy Lexus Marketing. So doing promotional branding for Manitoba customers here. Yeah. And then I'm I will just going to see what else comes my way. Like, I just know there's lots of more doors that are going to open. I just feel like I have great things to offer the world. And I would love to do motivational speaking for people and tell my story and inspire them to improve their lives in whatever aspect they want to. They don't necessarily have to be an addict, but like, you know, even in the sense where people are suffering from anxieties and stress and depressions, like you can change your life no matter where you are. And I believe that everyone is meant to feel joy like 90% of the time. And I don't think that a lot of the world is. And I would love for people to know that they don't have to be walking around in pain and suffering and just inspire them to just do everything they can to get out of whatever it is they're stuck in bad habit wise and be better and be happy and change the conditioning in their brain and just live life the way it should be lived. And let them know that they deserve it too. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, of course. Because I'm sure so many people who are stuck in that loop don't even believe that they deserve a better life than that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and they do. Everyone deserves to be happy. I don't think we're here to be walking around suffering. It just doesn't make sense why we'd be here for that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I understand we have to feel all the emotions and like feeling this makes you appreciate this more, but to be in a constant state of suffering just doesn't make sense to me. I I want people to be happy. (laughs) Well, I'm so happy that you are happy and you've really turned your life around in a very short amount of time, which is probably rare in the recovery, you know, spectrum. Some people's recovery journey is very, very, very long. And so I'm so proud of you for your recovery journey and wanting to inspire others to get on a journey for themselves too. So, so thank you for being on the show today and and sharing your story. So if people want to follow you, if people want to see these beautiful photos and these great memes, where can they find you? All right. So my handle is Mandy Alexis Motivations. That's on Facebook and Instagram. 
And then my website, www.mandyalexismotivation.ca. So they can go on there and yeah, you can see a bunch of different prints there and yeah, you can get them in canvas form and on wood printing acrylic. It's great. There's lots of different options and sizes and stuff. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I so look forward to connecting with you again and continuing to watch your journey and see exactly what this beautiful brain of yours does now that it is free and clear of your addiction. And sounds like you're really addicted to this new version of your life, which I think is fantastic. So all addiction is not bad. If you're addicted (laughs) to positivity and better in your life, that is absolutely a really good thing. All right, Mandy, thank you so much for being my guest today. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And as we wrap up, if you have just three things that you would share with somebody who may be experiencing something similar to you, what would it be? Three things. They have to be their own accountability coach, but they're also their own motivational coach. Like it's important to push yourself. So know when to be hard on yourself, but know when to be soft on yourself reach out to community that is a positive influence when needing a hand and just know that you deserve whatever it is that you want out of life and to go for it and not give up. Awesome. Love it. All right. That is it for us for this week. And our, I just blank now what story for now what Wednesday, if you resonated with this episode, please like share it, leave a comment Send it to somebody you know who might benefit from hearing this story to help them figure out their own now what questions for their own life. You can find me at jess.loves.life on Instagram. Drop me a comment, say hello. Always love to hear from listeners. And that's it. We will see you guys all next week for another episode of I Just Blank. Now what? Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank? Now what? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.